that let me tell you, if you have a man in your life, whether he be boyfriend, husband, father, you are a mother in some way, shape or form to him. Imagine the world without the girls. Well, as mothers, we are a lot of stuff. We are a lot of things. But this I have learned over the many years that I have been a mother. Mothers are masterful at hiding stuff. We hide stuff at times to keep the peace in our family. If you've got two young children fighting over a toy, you will take that toy and you will hide it just to keep the peace in your family. We are masterful at hiding stuff. We hide things when a job needs to be done. If homework needs doing, we will hide the TV remote controller so the homework will get done. We will hide it. In our house, we hide food. Always have done. When you've got little kids, you put the snacks high up on the top shelves so that they can't find them, so that they can't reach them. Well, we still have to hide food in our house now, only they are so big, they find it everywhere. But a couple of months ago, I went into Solomon's bedroom and he had two boxes of cereal in his wardrobe. I was like, mate, you cannot hide the cereal in your wardrobe. He's like, I'm hiding it from Joash, because if I don't put it up here, he'll eat it before I get to it. But we went to a whole nother level when I went under the kitchen sink and there between the fairy liquid and the Dettol was a pizza. A whole cooked pizza with one slice out of it under the kitchen sink. That was Isaac also hiding food from Joash. I'm like, no, 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 no. We cannot keep a pizza in the same box that we keep the bleach. This is wrong on every level, boys. When I was a child, my mother hid the sunshine from me. She literally hid the sun. We were away on holiday in a caravan, and she wanted us kids to go to bed, only it was a lovely summer's evening, and she brought us in, and she made us a hot chocolate, and she drew the curtains. And whilst we drank our hot chocolate, she had my dad go outside the caravan and take bin bags to the window. So when we finished our hot chocolate, she opened the curtains and went, it's dark now, you'll have to go to bed. She literally hid the sunshine from us. But by far, the greatest hiding that we as mothers do is we hide our kids. And it starts at conception. It starts when that child is growing inside of you, in the dark, in quiet, in secret. Nobody else may know what you are hiding within your belly, but you know and you have this maternal protective instinct over this child that is hiding within you. Those maternal protective instincts, they do not leave you throughout the duration of their childhood. I thought um, this morning I'd brag on my kids a bit, because most of you who know me here know that and I don't think I've ever really bragged on my kids. I, don't, I tell stories about them all the time. I don't think I've ever got up and done a Mother's Day where I've particularly talked about them. But I want to show you they were cute once upon a time. We have a picture of them. They used to be cute kids. Boys, why don't you come up on the platform and actually enjoy me this morning? Come on. And um, 
We hide things from our children all of the time. We hide them from things they are afraid of. We hide them from, we hide them from things they are afraid of. We hide them from any adversary that would come against them. We hide them. This happens throughout the entire animal kingdom. You will see a lioness or a bear who will stand in front of her cubs if there is a predator coming towards them. She will get in the way and that predator is going to have to go through mama before he goes before he gets to the children. Now, I'm just going to take my shoes off, if I can, because I want to show you where I rank in height. (laughs) Got to get them back on in my family. Okay. I just want you to know (laughs) that I can still drop any one of these suckers to the floor. Can I? can drop any one of them to the floor at any time. I know all of their weak spots. And um, over the years, I would say that I've probably had some um, epic parent fails, but I think we've done all right on a whole. When Joe Ash was born, I was just, I used to look at him in his cot and I would cry. I'm like, I haven't got a clue what I am doing. And uh, Joe Ash and I, when I was raising him, it was... um, it was, I got better, I think, as I came down the years with my parenting skills. But you see, by the time he was four, he was the same size as me. And so my parenting skills with him, we would wrestle. Me and him would physically fight. Do, do you remember the time you running across the landing and you knew that if I got you, I would kill you? And so... I got hold of him by his t-shirt and then I hooked myself around the top of the stairs and he kept running and you ended up at the bottom naked and I was at the top and I still had the t-shirt because I'd literally ripped the whole thing off his back. And um, when, when Joash started school, that was, um, he was my, I don't want to leave my mum type of guy. And uh, his first day at school, he had his arms wrapped around my neck and the teacher had hold of his ankles. And uh, can you imagine that now? And so there was this tug of war going on between, between us. And then Isaac came along and, oh boy, did my life change. Like, hello planet, Isaac has arrived. And um, when Isaac went to school... I took him into the classroom in his reception year, super excited. He was excited. He wasn't a bit clingy with me. He went in. He went straight over to the sandpit. I was trying to get the teacher's attention, but she was busy with all the the kids and um, other parents. And And so I just said to him, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, Great, I'll pick you up at three o'clock. And off I went home. And in fact, my dad came round and I sat and had a coffee with my dad. And I was really excited because it was the first time in six years I'd been child free. And I no sooner sat down and the phone rang. Mrs. Bryant, are you Isaac's mum? Yes. He's not due to start school for another week. I was like, you are joking. Whose class have I put him in? They said Isaac's class doesn't actually form for another week. However, he's busy entertaining everybody. Seems really happy, so we'll keep him. I was like, okay, 
that's fine. And then Saul came along and um, Solomon just seemed to slot into family life pretty, pretty easily. We were already a very busy family. But this kid, I've, I've lost him, I've dropped him, I've forgotten him <laughs> a number of times. Uh, but he's doing all right. But we got a phone call home from school about you a couple of years ago, didn't we? And um, they said, um, Mrs. Bryant, we really think Solomon is poorly. I said, oh, what's the matter? Well, he's just not himself. He's not responsive. He is just sitting. He looks completely zoned out. We think he's coming down with a virus. He's really lethargic. We think you need to come and pick him up. I said, I'm on my way. I was just getting my coat and my car keys, and the phone rang again. And they said, Mrs. Bryant, Solomon is not ill. He is extremely tired. He said you kept him up late at volunteer night last night. (laughs) So I've had a few epic parent fails, but, but here's the thing. These are my kids, and over the years, I've had the responsibility of hiding them. I've had the responsibility to protect that which is mine. I have come between them and their problems for many, many years. But the truth is, my days of hiding them and protecting them are more or less done. I can't hide them anymore. I still have a few more years to go on this one yet. Um, But my days of hiding them are over because they have physically grown too big. You know, you only get a few small years to sit your children on your knee, to tell them stories, to tuck them up in bed, because there does come a day when they're physically too big to sit on your knee for a story. They are physically too big, but as they have grown in stature, so too has there been a maturing on the inside. They have grown outwardly and they have grown inwardly too. But I have this confidence that all that I am is now hidden within them. That even though I can no longer defend and protect them from what they are exposed to in their future, all of my morals, all of my beliefs, all of my faith is hidden within in them from the years that I spent protecting them throughout their young childhood. Therefore, every decision they have to make in their future, the springboard is going to be the foundation that the mother laid within them. Boys, you can go and sit down. Thank you for being such stunning models. (laughs) Just have an awkward moment. I'm actually going to take you to a story in the Bible where we're going to see this um, fleshed out really well. It is a story about a woman who practically hid her child. She actually physically hid her child to protect him from an enemy that was trying to kill him. And though this story may be one about a mother and her son, the truth is within the context of this story, I can see four different kinds of hiding places that God offers us as his children that God offers us when we feel overwhelmed with life, when we feel like things are getting on top of of us, when we feel like we can't go on anymore, when we feel like the world is caving in around us, when the enemy comes knocking at the door of your life, God offers to his children a safe place to hide. And I want to show you through this story four different hiding places. And I've called this message Hidden in Plain Sight. The backstory to this 
We are, we are looking at the children of Israel when they were in captivity to Egypt. They were slaves in the land of Egypt. But what was happening was the Israelite nation, though they were in captivity, they were populating really, really quickly. And the Pharaoh who was king of Egypt and on the throne at the time, he was a wicked man and he was a jealous man. And he observed what was happening in the Hebrew nation. And he did not want the Hebrews to populate and become a more powerful nation than Egypt. And neither did he want a ruler to rise up within them. So he devised a plan and the plan was this. He sent forth his soldiers to kill every male child under the age of two had to be killed. Because he did not want a leader or a ruler to rise up within them. Let me read what happens to you in Exodus 1. So Pharaoh issued a general order to all of his people, all of his soldiers, that every boy that was born, drown him in the Nile River. But let the girls live. And in chapter 2, it goes on to say that a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. And the woman became pregnant and had a son. She saw there was something special about him and hid him. She hid him for three months. This is the story of Moses. Moses' mother hid him from the Egyptian soldiers who sought to take him and sought to kill him. She stood between him and them and she hid him. But the question I want to ask is, where do you hide a child in a Hebrew slave house? My house is over three floors high. It has doorways and hallways and attic rooms and closets and staircases. And there are many, many places. It is a great house to play hide and seek in. But a Hebrew slave house is a one room, one leveled home. It is just a hut Where do you hide a baby in a Hebrew slave house? How does the baby know to be quiet when the soldiers come looking? I don't know, but I do know this, that God is masterful at hiding things. And when he says your life needs to be protected, you are protected. And when he says your life needs to be concealed, you are concealed. Isaiah 49 tells us, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has kept me hidden. God is the great and masterful hider when it comes to hiding you from the enemies that seek to bring you down. He will hide your eyes from seeing things that are not beneficial to you. He'll cover your ears so you don't hear things that are said against you. I've had the responsibility over the last um, 20 years, really, to hide my kids. I've hidden them from things that they don't even know about. I have stepped in to protect them. I have paced the floor and covered them in prayer. I am the one who's resolved issues that they are even unaware of. I have said no when they wanted me to say yes, but I've said no because I have been hiding their innocence and protecting them. I have battled with the enemy when he sought to put labels on my kid's life that say failure or fraud or low self-esteem. I am the one who 
who stood in the gap when he's come knocking at the door of their life to take their security and take their confidence away. I am the one who's cried out to God to protect them when we as a family have gone through some of the most worst storms of our life and he has come to try and destroy my children's faith. I have hidden them. I have hidden them. So though he comes prowling, he cannot take what he cannot find. The first place of hiding that God offers to us is called prayer. Prayer. Prayer covers your life. When you pray to God... It brings a covering over your life. I don't know if we have any Harry Potter fans in here today. Please don't judge me. But the best way that I could describe it to you is Harry Potter had an invisible cloak. And he would pull it over himself. And though he were there, he could not be seen. And you would see that Harry and Harmony and Ron would pull the cloak over their heads and they would walk right under the nose of Malfoy, who was the arch enemy. And though they were there, he could not detect them and he could not see them because they were covered. And when you pray to God, not as the religious pray to God, not in a religious mundane fashion, but when you connect your heart to God and talk to him like I'm talking to you today. And when you believe that he's a God who loves you and he answers you, he will shield you. And though you walk through turbulent times in your life, and though at times you may feel afraid, the truth is the enemy cannot take what he cannot find. Psalm 91 tells us his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. And you can run under the covering of his majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You know, God is not so far off in the sky making music with the cherubim and the cherubim that he doesn't care about you. And neither is he so caught up with the earth's disasters and the humanitarian needs across the world that he does not know about you. Whoever you are today, whether you know him or you do not, he knows you. And he knows of the circumstances that surround your life. And he wants involvement in your life. There is nothing worse as a parent than seeing your kids struggle with something, but they won't let you help them. And do you know so many of us go through life, we battle things, we're challenged with things, we face things, and our first port of call should be, Father God, I want your covering. Ask, knock, seek, ask, pray. And God says, I will be there. In chapter 2, verse 3, our story goes on. And it says, when she could hide him no longer, her being Moses' mother, she got a little basket boat and made of papyrus and, and she waterproofed it with tar and pitch and she placed the child in it. And then she set it afloat in the reeds at the edge of the Nile. You know, this is not as the Sunday school books depicted it with the little smiley baby bobbing in the basket on the river. No, 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 no. This is the Nile River, the stinky, swampy waters 
of the Nile River, crocodile and snake infested waters. And this mother hides her child in a blast basket and sets him upon those waters and watches him as he drifts off down that river. You know, for me as a mother, sending each one of my kids to high school was like putting them on the Nile River and watching them go. All of a sudden, that which I'd been able to protect them from, that which I'd been able to defend them from, I could no longer do. This was a season of their life that they were going to have to navigate by themselves, and it was a season of release that I found incredibly hard to do. With each one of them, I drove them up to the water's edge called the high school gate, and I let them go. And I sat and watched my babies go, knowing that I was sending them into croc-infested waters, knowing that I wouldn't be there to defend and to protect them, that during this season of their life, they were going to have to avoid the poisonous snake bites of influence called sex and drugs and alcohol and bullying and peer pressure and they were going to have to navigate this by themselves. Moses' mother, she placed her baby in all that danger and she let him go. And down the Nile, he drifted. This other hiding place that we find in God is called your protection. God has protection and he will hide you when you pray. Then he will defend you and protect you. That basket floated through stuff that should have killed that child. It should have killed that baby. But though he floated and sailed past his predators, they did not harm him for they could not see him. The baby was hidden in plain sight. You know, as you go through your life, you're going to find yourself going through situations and going through seasons that you do not choose for yourself. Circumstances that work against you, things that happen if you live life for long enough, stuff just happens to you. It's not how you want it to be. It's not how you would choose it to be. But you are going to be um, surrounded by what feels at the time like crocodiles and snakes. It's not how you want it and you don't know how it's going to end up. You're going to go through life. You're going to come against opposition. You're going to be surrounded by people at times, sometimes in your school, sometimes in your place of work even in your own family with people who are not for you, but actually they just want to take a bite out of you. You're going to find yourself in times in your life when your marriage goes through stuff, when your kids go through stuff and your business goes through stuff. You are going to find times in your life when your health is threatened, when your finances are challenged and it's not how you want it. And even as a Christian, you're going to find yourself going through stuff that literally should have finished you off, but it didn't. Because God hid you and God protected you. And at times, he simply kept you alive from stuff that should have taken you out. He's hid you in plain sight. In Psalm 91, verse 9, it says this. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. 
How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? He'll stand in and he will protect your life at times. You don't even know he's there. You don't even know. You won't even know that he's standing in the gap between you and a predator. But there are going to be times when you are going to look back over your life and you are going to say, see, I didn't lose my mind when everyone said I would. I didn't fall apart when everyone said I should. I didn't give up when I thought that I would. You will know there has been a divine hand upon your life protecting you every step of the way. And yes, it's been hard. And yes, it's been tough. And yes, it's been difficult. But you are still standing. You are still here to tell the story. And our story goes that Moses had an older sister. Her name was Miriam. Miriam was hiding on the banks of the river. She watched this whole scenario playing out of her mother putting her baby brother in the basket and putting him on the water. And Miriam ran down the side of the riverbank watching where the basket was going. The basket drifted into a part of the waters where the Egyptian royals would come to bathe. And it just so happened that as the basket floated into place, um, the Pharaoh's daughter and her handmaidens had come down to the water's edge to bathe. And it says this, she saw a basket floating in the reeds, her being Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. She saw a basket floating in the reeds and sent her maid to get it. She opened it and she saw a child, a baby crying, and her heart went out to him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew babies. And then his sister was before her, being Miriam, came before the Pharaoh's daughter and said to her, do you want me to go and get a nursing mother from the Hebrews so she can nurse the baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, go. And so the girl went and she called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter told her, take this baby away and nurse him. I will pay you. The woman took the child and nursed him. Okay. So, the baby that Moses' mother had shoved off down the Nile and entrusted to God is now given back to her with interest because she is now being paid to nurse the very baby that she gave birth to. Anyone want to pay me for minding my kids? I'm all up for that. But she's paid to, to nurse the baby she gave birth to. Hey, listen, do you know, know that it has been proven that children learn their social, emotional, behavioral, thinking and communication skills all within the first four years of their lives? A child learns more in the first four years of its life than at any other time in life. Do you know Back in the culture that we're talking about today, thousands of years ago when there was no formula milk, nursing or weaning was up to four years old. Four years. Moses' real mother had him. I believe the only way that Moses was able to deliver the people of Israel from the land of Egypt when he was a grown adult was because of the foundation that his mother was able to put in him for the first four years of his life. I believe that the very thing that she let go of, God gave back to her so that she could fill him with purpose for his future. This kind of hiding is called provision. Whatever you need, he's got it. God provides 
Whatever you're willing to let go of, I promise you, he will give you back. He will return it back to you with interest. Whatever you let go of, God just multiplies and brings it back to you. You know, I had to let go of so many times of my kids when I just didn't want to. I wanted to know where they were. I wanted to know what they were doing. I wanted to be in control, but I had to just keep letting go. And at times it was really hard. And I remember Joash when he got to the age of about 15. And all of a sudden he decided he wanted to find out what everybody else in his class did of an evening. He didn't want to conform to family life anymore. He now wanted to go and hang around the park of an evening. And I'm like, the park? Like, no, 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 no. We ain't that. We are not going to, that is not happening with my boys. You're not hanging around street corners and hanging around the park. And we rocked over it and we fought over it. And I was like, I will sit on you before you get out this front door. And after a certain amount of time, Luke took me to one side and he said, Emma, you let him go. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? I know what happens at the park. That is not going to be the story of this family. He's like, no, you let him go. Because he will never find out who he is and what is within him. While you want to keep control, you have to let him go and just trust God. That was one of the hardest letting goes. I went to Joe Ash and I said, hey, park's waiting for you. You can go. And you know, he used to walk out the house. He'd walk down the drive and my bedroom window was at the the front of the house. And he knew I was there and he'd turn back and he'd smile and he'd walk. I wanted to rag him back by his hair. Ugh. But I had to let him go. But can I just say, now, when I see him on this platform playing his guitar, when he's alongside me in the house of God worshipping, when he's passionately leading the next generation of youth, I believe God's given him back to me with a return. I believe God has brought increase into our family. Sometimes you've just got to have a letting go. Moses' mother, she just let go of that basket and she just went, God, I just trust you. It's a principle we do with our finances in the house of God. Each and every one of us, we give 10% into the house of God. Why do we do that? Because there's a promise in Malachi that I will bless your life in ways that you cannot imagine, but you first got to let go. So what are we doing? We're hiding our finance in God. I'm hiding it. I'm like, I'm not just going to let the world take every penny I have and devour it on this, that, and the next thing. I'm going to hide it in God and believe that He brings an increase to my life. Some of you parents in here, you don't know where your kids are. You're like, yeah, I feel like I've lost all control. My kids are just gone, out of sight. I don't know where they are at night. I don't know who they're hanging with. I don't know what they're up to. Well, Moses' mother had to watch that basket drift out of sight. But she trusted that God had her child and that he would make provision for that baby's future. And we too, we have to believe that in God. When she saw her basket disappear, she let go of the basket all that she had, all that she loved, she let go of it. And she just trusted in God. In verse 10 of our story, it says that after the child was weaned, so after his mother had finished nursing him, 
she went and she presented him to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son. I can't even imagine what that letting go must have felt like. But she took him to the Pharaoh's daughter and it was actually the Pharaoh's daughter that then named him Moses. He, was an, he had another name prior to Moses, which we don't know what that, that name is because the name Moses means pulled out of the water. So Pharaoh... The guy, the bad king, who's hunting to kill the the Hebrew men, who doesn't want a leader to rise in case he becomes more powerful than he, has got no idea that he's actually living in the same house as him now. Pharaoh, his mother has been nursing him. Your daughter is doting on him. The palace is providing for him. Your people are educating him. And you granted the lot, Pharaoh. It's right under your nose. And you can't see it because he's hidden in plain sight. God, the masterful hider, has now hidden him in the palace in plain sight. And the enemy cannot even see it. The very thing that Pharaoh was trying to destroy the very thing that he was trying to stop. Israel is now becoming a great nation. God's rescue plan for his children is growing and flourishing right in front of him. This kind of hiding is called purpose. God has purpose for your life. You are not here by chance. You are not here by accident. God has purpose for your life. Moses was raised and influenced by the Egyptians, but his foundation of morals and beliefs and values and faith was put in him by his mother for those first few short years that she had him. So when it came to Moses having to choose between two nations, the answer was already within him, hidden within him. God has hidden within you his purpose. God has hidden within you his wisdom. God has hidden within you his power and his authority. You can't see it, but it is hidden within you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. His power is hidden within you. The solution to that problem, people, it's hidden within you. The answer on how to manage that difficult person. It's hidden within you. Some of you are going around everyone for seeking advice, seeking wisdom, asking everybody else what they think you should do. But the truth is the answer is already within you. It's hidden in plain sight. You know, as adults, we get out of playing the game hide and seek. We think it's a childish game. We no longer want to play it. We think I'm too big to hide. Where could I possibly hide? I would look awkward and I would look foolish hanging out of that closet. And so we put our childish games away and I believe the word of God today is you need to start hiding once again because God wants you to know that he is a great big God and his outstretched arms are huge and make an incredibly good hiding place. 
And we need to run into the arms of the Father and know what it is to hide your life once again. Church, can we stand this morning? Thank you.